You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 61 in your Bibles. I'm not sure I'm going to go back completely to the Psalms series on Sunday nights. I, I will tonight, obviously. Uh, I'm still chomping at the bit. I want to get back to our Joseph series uh, on Sunday mornings. And with all the uh, drive-in services and that, I haven't done that yet. But one of these days, we'll get back into that. But this psalm is a psalm that God has put on my heart, probably, I would say, from that first uh, Sunday, March 15th, that we had to uh, go to online services. And I just, I kept going back to this psalm in my head. I preached from this psalm several years ago, and I looked at those notes. I'm not preaching the same message or the same outline. But God has used this psalm in my life, and I want to read it to you, and I want to get right into the message. It says in verse number one, this is a psalm of David. He says, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows and hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations." He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our hearts. I thank you for the word of God that is so powerful, it's so applicable. I thank you that it is available to us. I thank you that we have it. May we read it more. May we study it more. May we memorize it and meditate upon it. May we live it. May we just uh, completely immerse ourselves in the Word of God in these days. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight to capture these truths from David and his heart and his cry and his burden that he was facing. And Lord, may we see what David did and how David was able to get the victory and how David was able to overcome. And I pray you'd help us tonight to glean from your Word. I pray you'd speak to each and every person that's listening, those by radio, those by way of the internet, I pray for the few folks that are here. I pray you'd speak to them. God, I pray that you'd help me to convey this message to these dear folks as you have spoken to my heart about it. I pray that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. David, the author of this psalm, David was the king of Israel. He was the second king of Israel after Saul. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man who wrote over half of the Psalms. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was a musician. He was a mighty warrior. He, as a young man, had killed a lion and he had killed a bear. He was the man that conquered Goliath. He was the man that they sang songs about David in the streets and they said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. David had a group of trained warriors that he had assembled his mighty men. David was a mighty man. He was a leader. He was a general. He was a king. David had won many, many battles. But there were some battles 
that David had not won. There were some battles that David refused to fight. This example here is Psalm 61, where David was faced with an enemy that he did not want to fight because the enemy was his own son. Absalom, his son, had risen up and Absalom had seized the kingdom and Absalom had uh, sent uh, uh, people out to kill David and David was on the run. He didn't want to fight his son. He didn't want to divide the kingdom. He didn't want to uh, raise up his hand against his own flesh and blood. This was a battle. Yes, it was a physical battle, but this was also a spiritual battle. This was an emotional battle that David, in the first few verses of this psalm, David says, God, I can't handle it. It's bigger than me. It's more than I can bear. It's more than I can handle. David is now on the run. He is away from Jerusalem. He is away from the palace, and he is away from the tabernacle. He's away from that place where he was accustomed to worshiping God, and David feels now like his whole world has been turned upside down. Have you ever felt like that? And I'm not just talking about the virus. I'm talking about things that have affected you and affected me that have been far worse than a virus. I'm talking about emotional and spiritual and I'm talking about relationships and I'm talking about situations in lives and phone calls maybe that you've received or, 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 or messages that you have gotten that completely turned your world upside down. Would you notice in Psalm 61, verse 2, David says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Now, David was not literally at the end of the earth. We would think of some places like that, and we'd say, I'd never want to be at the end of the earth. I'd never want to be in the, on the glaciers of Antarctica uh, uh, on the run or, or, or exiled or trapped or, or shipwrecked. Or maybe you think about a, a place like Siberia, thousands of miles from civilization and, and miles and miles away from any food or shelter, and you wouldn't want to be there. We were talking this afternoon on the way home, we were talking about the uh, Amazon rainforest with my girls and we were talking about some of the creatures that you might encounter in the Amazon rainforest and I don't think we'd want to be there. We might feel like that was the end of the earth. Maybe it'd be an island of the Pacific and not a, a vacation spot, but maybe a place where you were trapped. Those are places where you wouldn't want to be. Those would be lonely places. Those would be depressing places to live or depressing places to be exiled. But I want to say tonight that you and I can feel like we are at the end of the earth in our home. You can feel like you're at the end of the earth in your car driving somewhere. You can feel like you're at the end of the earth uh, at your job. You can feel like that in your heart and in your soul. And you can feel like you're overwhelmed. David felt that way. I think of some places that I have been. I'll never forget places that I have been when I received terrible news. I'll never forget some parking lots where I've been sitting when I took a phone call. I'll never forget some places I've been, whether it be at home or here at the office where I've received news that was devastating. You feel shock. You feel numbness. You feel disbelief. 
I can remember times of walking and praying after getting news that I was not ready for, news that I did not know uh, how to handle and, and know how to deal with. And, and, and I've been at the end of the earth. No, not physically. And you probably have not been there physically either. But spiritually, emotionally, we've been there. And how do we handle it? What do we do when we feel like we're overwhelmed? David said, when my heart is overwhelmed. That word overwhelmed, it has the idea of covering, like you would cover something with a blanket. But it means to be covered with darkness. It means to be covered. Uh, and it means to be uh, just completely engulfed with calamity. I don't know if you saw some of these maps and some of these statistics, but I remember in the first few days, in the first few weeks of COVID-19, I'd see on the news or I'd see on my phone, I'd see some statistics and they would show a map of the United States. And I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I couldn't tell you right now what all those numbers were, but they made those maps look like it was everywhere. I mean, those maps looked like, you know, cell phone companies telling what areas they had coverage in. Those were the maps of the, the virus. And those were the maps that they were saying, it's here and it's there and it's worse here and it's getting worse. And, and it was an overwhelming feeling. Psalm 102, you don't have to turn there. But the title of the psalm is this, a prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and poureth out his complaint before the Lord. I'd like to speak to us tonight very quickly, very briefly on the subject, what to do when you're overwhelmed. What to do when you feel that the, the darkness or you feel like the depression or you feel like the bad news or you feel like the burdens are literally covering you and, and, and capturing you. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Let's see what David did, number one. I want you to notice in verse 1, David goes to the right person. He says, hear my cry, O Facebook. Not what he says. Hear my cry, O coworker. Hear my cry, O next door neighbor. You got to hear what my problem is. No, that's not what he did. He said, hear my cry, O God. He got, number one, he got serious about prayer. Now, I want to tell you, we talk about prayer and we read books about prayer and we have a prayer list and we have a prayer meeting. And we have prayer journals and we have all these things about prayer. But I want to tell you, you and I must get to the place where we get serious about prayer. Notice David's prayer. It's not casual. David's prayer is not routine. David is not going through the motions. He's not praying to try to impress somebody. As a matter of fact, this prayer does not sound very impressive, but he's crying out to God. He says, God, I need you to hear me. God, I need you to listen. God, I need you to attend unto my prayer. He says, God, I need your attention. I don't know what your, your home is like where you do your, 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 your book work and you do your finances. Or I don't know what your, your workplace is like if you have a desk or a workspace. But you know sometimes how you get stuff on your desk and it just kind of piles up and you need to get to it. Maybe it's a bill or maybe it's a form or maybe it's a project or whatever. And, and sometimes they pile up, but there are some things on that desk that demand immediate attention. And David comes to God and he says, God, my prayer needs your attention. I need it now. God, I'm in a mess. 
God, I'm not just talking to you about something that's little. I'm not just talking to you about something minor. But God, my heart is overwhelmed. My son wants to kill me. God, my son has taken the kingdom. And God, I don't know what to do. David got serious about his prayer life. He said, hear my cry. God, my, my, my prayer, it's a cry. It's pleading for help. It is begging for you to intercede. Can I tell you, we need to get serious about prayer. I, I like to, several places I like to pray. One of the places I like to pray is in this auditorium during the week when nobody's in here. And I've walked up and down these aisles and I've prayed for you and I've prayed for our church and I've prayed for needs. But you know, sometimes if, if we're not careful, our prayer becomes routine. Our prayer is just going through the motion. Sometimes it becomes uh, just a ritual. But our prayer must be serious. Our prayer must be passionate. And David said, God, I'm overwhelmed and I need you to hear my prayer. Notice verse number five. As David prayed to God, he knew that God would hear. He said, for thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me. He said, God, you have answered. You have given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. I want to ask you, how's your prayer life? I want to ask you, how serious are you about praying? I'm not talking about, Lord, lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm not praying. It's talking about prayer for our food. Lord, bless the food and give us a good day. Amen. Although I think you ought to pray for your meal. And I think you ought to pray before you go to bed. But I'm talking about serious prayer. I'm talking about serious prayer for people that are not saved and serious prayer for people that are backslidden and serious prayer for people that are sick and serious prayer for burdens that you and I have and being overwhelmed and praying and calling upon God. I'm glad that God hears. I'm glad it doesn't matter where you are. You may be literally at the end of the earth, but you are never out of God's earshot. I'm glad that God hears. Number one, David got serious about prayer. Number two, how do we react when we're overwhelmed? Number two, we must get our eyes off of the problems. Notice in this Psalm, Psalm 61, David says, hear my cry, attend unto my prayer. Uh, when my heart is overwhelmed, and then he stops talking about the problems. He, it's like, it's like now, now, now think about this. It's like he presents the problems to God and leaves them there. Isn't that a great thing to do? Isn't that a great way to pray? You know, sometimes what I do is, is I'm in a tug of war with God. It's like I want to tell God the problem and I want to pray about it, but then I want to take it back and I want to worry about it. And I'm ashamed to say it, but I've done that in this auditorium. There have been things I've prayed for in this auditorium and I'll pray and I'll be walking down these aisles and, and I'll pray about something and then I start to worry about it. And it's like I'm, I'm giving it to God and I'm saying, no, God, I need that back. No, I need to fix it. No, I, can I tell you, friend, you're not going to fix it. You're going to make it worse and I'm going to make it worse. But you must get serious about prayer. Number two, we must get our eyes off of the problems. Now, let's, let's acknowledge David had problems. These were issues. These were problems. And David had problems. David was not ignoring the problem. David was doing the best thing he knew how to do in dealing with the problem. 
He wasn't going to worry. He wasn't going to stress. He said, I am going to pray and I'm going to talk to God about the problem. Notice verse number one. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. He said, Lord, I'm looking to you. He said, Lord, lead me to the rock. Thou hast been a shelter. Thou hast been a strong tower. I want to get to thy tabernacle. I want to be under the covert of thy wings. He said, God, I want to pray about this and I want to get my eyes off my problems. God, I want to get my eyes upon you. That's what 1 Peter tells us. We're to cast all of our care, all of our burden. All of our anxiety, we're to cast it all upon the Lord because He cares for us. Psalm 91, you don't have to turn there, but I think you know the psalm. It's in Psalm 91 where the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that God will cover us with His wings. And can I tell you, God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed and covered with our problems. God wants us to be covered with His power and with His grace and with His mercy and with His blessings. Don't be overwhelmed with the problem. Give it to God and get your eyes off the problem. Number one, we must get serious about prayer. Number two, we must get our eyes off of the problems and get our eyes on Jesus. But then number three, we must get to the right place. Notice David said, I'm crying to you from the end of the earth. Now, he wasn't at the end of the earth physically, but that's where he was spiritually. That's where he was emotionally. That's what he felt like. But he said, God, I don't want to stay in the end of the earth. I don't want to stay far from you, but God, I want to get to the rock that is higher than I. He said, God, I want to get to the shelter. I want to get to that strong tower. I want to get to the tabernacle. I want to say number three, we must get to the right place spiritually. Now, I'll tell you this. Sometimes we have problems and sometimes we have difficulties. And here's what we do. We say, if I could just move to a different place, I'd be okay. That's probably not true. It's probably not going to change just because you change your physical address. You say, if I could just get a different job, if I could just get a different neighborhood, if I could just get, and I understand there are situations and all that, but you know, most of the time, the problem is not our physical location. Many times the problem is our spiritual condition. And David said, God, I've got to get to the place where I'm right with you, where I'm trusting in you. David said, God, I need you to change not my location. I need you to change my heart. And I tell you, so many things are resolved when we get right with God. So many things are resolved when we just get right with our spouse. Get right with our children. Get right with our family members. Get right with our friends. Get right with our church members. When we get in the right place spiritually. I told you about the auditorium here. Of course, this is a special place for me. Not just because I pray in this place. It's a special place for me because of the services. Because of being with God's people. You know where else is becoming a special place for me these last few weeks? The parking lot. And it's not because uh, it's uh, the most beautiful parking lot in the world. And I love it. It's great. I love our property. I love our building. I love that 
uh, aerial uh, photo that Brother Jake Pinello took uh, a week or so ago, and I love it. But can I tell you why the parking lot's special? Because of God showing up, because of God meeting with us. You know why 2360 Bowling Road is special? Uh, not because of the brick and not because of the wood and not because of the light fixtures and not because of the furniture. It's a special place because it's a place where God meets with us. And friend, I want to tell you, you need to have the right place spiritually in your living room where you walk with God, in your bedroom where you pray, at the kitchen table where you spend time with the family, but we must get to the right place. David said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. A rock is a place of refuge. It's a stronghold where you and I can be safe from the danger and safe from the world and safe from the attacks of the devil. Proverbs 18.10, the Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. You and I must get to the right place spiritually. I want to ask you, how are you doing spiritually? You say, well, I can't be in church and I can't be in the pews and I can't be in Sunday school. And I understand that. And you ought to be. And when we get back, it's going to be wonderful. But don't let these five weeks be a spiritual nightmare. Let these five weeks be a spiritual recharge. Let these five weeks be a time where we pray and walk with God and get in the word of God and get things right with God in our heart. Number three, we must get to the right place. And then number four, I want you to notice, what do we do when we're overwhelmed? What do we do when we feel like we're covered with the darkness and we're, we're, we're being covered with the problems and we're being uh, overcome with fear? And what do we do in those cases? Notice number four. It's found in verse number eight. David says, now keep in mind, he started crying out and saying, God, hear me. God, I need your attention. God, I need you to answer. And then we get to verse eight and David says, I prayed. I've talked to God. I'm trying to get back to the right place spiritually. So here's what I'm going to do now. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? This may sound contradictory, but it's not. This is absolutely what you should do. This is absolutely what I should do. You know what you do when you're overwhelmed? You praise God, you rejoice, you sing, you serve Him, you keep doing what you're supposed to be doing because He has everything under control. Would you turn with me, please, to Psalm 42? Psalm 42 and verse number 3, David writes here, and he says, My tears, Psalm 42, 3, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? David said, I'm shedding tears and I'm overwhelmed and, and I'm going through sorrow and people are looking at me and saying, hey, where is your God? Where is the God that you love? Where is the God that you serve? And verse number four, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God and with the voice of joy and praise and with the multitude that kept holy day. He said, I remember these things and I remember going to church and I remember serving God. And verse number five, David looks himself in the mirror 
And David asks himself this question. He says, hey, why are you cast down? He says, what's the problem? Why are you depressed? Why are you defeated? Why are you discouraged? Notice the answer that David gives to his own question. He says, hope thou in God. And there's the answer. That's how you praise in the storm. That's how you praise in the trial. That's how you praise when you feel overwhelmed because our hope is not in man. Our hope is not in a bank account. Our hope is not in a company. Our hope is not in a government. Our hope is in God and our hope is in Him alone. Get back to praising God. Get back to worshiping Him. Don't let this five weeks of, uh, of shutdown and quarantine and lockdown and whatever else you're going through. Don't let it be a depressing time. Let it be a time where you and I give God praise. Paul and Silas, they were in lockdown. They were in quarantine. Uh, they were at a stay in your cell order. They were in jail. And Paul and Silas, the Bible tells us, at midnight. Now that's amazing to me because have you ever noticed that your problems usually seem worse at night? Have you ever noticed that? Usually a lot of times it's like if you go to bed and you wake up in the morning, I'm not saying it's gone, but it's usually better. But usually at night the problems are magnified. And the problems are great. And, and you're tired and you're worn out and you just don't know what to do. And, and Paul and Silas at midnight in jail when they probably should have been depressed, it was at midnight that they started singing. It was at midnight that they started praising. You think they were overwhelmed? I think so. They'd been beaten and they'd been thrown into jail for preaching the gospel, but yet they began to sing and praise and their singing and their praising is what actually set them free. And I want to tell you what's going to set you free. I want to tell you what's going to give you victory and what's going to help you when you're overwhelmed to still have joy. And that is when you praise God. This song starts with prayer. Boy, that's where we ought to start. But this psalm ends with praise. And that's where every one of us ought to be. No matter what's going on, no matter what the circumstances, when my heart is overwhelmed, David said, Lord, that's, that's where I'm at. My heart is overwhelmed. But God, would you please lead me to the rock that is higher than I? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.